welcome to Bunta Vista, episode 114. And uh, I'm here working on a chain gang, along with my friends. Uh, over there, trying to lift up a pick over his head, is Theo. Hi, Theo. Hi, this is way harder than I was expecting. Like, I was expecting it to be hard, but I'm basically dead at this point. Huh. Well, we're five minutes in, mm-hmm. and we've got another 14 hours of this shift to go. Right, and you say, but once that's done... That's it, like I get to go home at that point? Let's talk about it when they blow the big Flintstones whistle at the end. Okay, all right. How about that? Sure. Um, I mean, it's not like I'm going to be here for years or anything, right? As far as you seem to know at this point, no. Huh. And that should get you through this this shift. Today. At the the chain gang factory. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) Uh, And of course, over there enjoying herself with all the annual labor at this um, intergender prison is Lucy. Hello, Lucy. Ah, so that's what a chain gang is. That doesn't sound like fun at all. No, we're all I don't think I'm having a good time. Uh, We're all, what are, I don't know, I guess we're like digging out a road that they're going to, they're going to make into a road, maybe. Maybe we're breaking up rocks. That's the one that looks like it really sucks. That sounds quite rewarding. Was intergender um, chain gangs like one of Hillary's promises? <laughs> yes, I believe so. And if you had a voted for her, yeah, which, you, which you couldn't, we, we could have had intergender chain gangs right Standing now. side by side. Uh, instead of Agent Orange up there, you know what I'm saying? Hmm. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. I <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard any good Trump insults in a while. And, of course, over there, just sitting down, um, picking a splinter under one of his fingernails, getting yelled at by a guard, is Ben. Hey, you know, what gives anyone the right to tell anyone else what to do? You know, we're all just, like, animals. So, like, I don't know about your rules, man. Like, hey, I'm not harshing your vibe over there. You're having a great time with the whip, uh, (laughs) telling other people what to do, and I'm over here... (laughs) Having a great time not breaking up rocks. Yeah. I will say this. Say what you will about uh, forced labor and a punitive system that doesn't really address the factors behind crime. Uh, I am loving that the songs that we're singing to pass the time will lay the foundation for dozens of greater musical traditions later on. And I think that's kind of cool. Speaking of uh, great musical traditions, Ben, I'm actually surprised you're here this morning. Because as I understand, you've spent the last 24 hours turning both your mind and body inside out with DMT, listening to the new Tool album. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I did kind of have penciled in my diary, um, open up my third eye by Mm -hmm. listening to the... uh, You know what? I can't even think of a way to describe it that's not just shitty. Uh, Listening to the the amazing musical stylings of a man who owns a vineyard. uh, (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And he says stuff like, ah, I'm having sex, but I'm on drugs. And hey, look, one song did something that vaguely referenced the Fibonacci sequence. So it's like pretty trippy, actually. (laughs) Imagine songs about taking drugs and and having sex, but also somehow not fun at all. Also, the music is bad. Tool has some bangers. No one would argue. No one. I I would certainly argue. Uh, you know, who among us, uh, you know, when that one song comes on, hasn't gone, oh, shit, it's that one song, and it's actually pretty good. Theo, you know the one I'm talking about. Absolutely. You know. Um, it yep. was the one that actually got airplay in Australia for some yeah, reason. Premarital sex, I think, is the song. Yes. Uh, 
oh boy, golly gee, do I love having premarital sex. And I'm, mm. not, a, I'm not opposed to drugs either, mm. is, I think is the full name of the song. Part of, part of opening your third eye is not asking for their age. <laughs> That's so true. Age is just a number. Whoa. That's so true. And numbers are all made up, just like money, you know? Did anyone see that thing where uh, 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 Maynard found out that the wine that he made, incidentally, was vegan because usually wines have... Uh, egg and shit somehow goes into the production i'm not sure mm-hmm. how it works but usually they do so most wines are not vegan uh he, he found out that his wine was and then he like posted a photo or whatever of himself to facebook like holding bacon in one of the vats mm. or whatever which is the same energy as that kid rock hey authority <laughs> just giving the figure while hiding in a doorway for some reason <laughs> We um yeah, I think we've all agreed long ago that the the Rubicon has well and truly been crossed, and now uh, making a big deal out of people being vegan is infinitely more insufferable than just being vegan. Oh, huh? thousand percent. Yeah, um, nobody nobody actually runs into anybody anymore who is like a vegan and also just a huge pain in the ass about it. I think, I think now that you can actually go places that have vegan options, the conversations that people hated before, where they're like, oh, this person's making a big deal about making sure there's no meat in their food. Whereas now you can go to a restaurant and just be like, oh, cool, I'm ordering the one that doesn't have meat in it, and it doesn't suck. Yeah. Well, I've been enjoying the album. I'm sure you have. I was having a listen to it yesterday, and um, I was like, this sure is a Tool album, baby. Mm. Yeah, it's Which, an album uh, for tools. You guys. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> mm. Yes. Um, and then after I listened to that, I put on uh, the first album and I was like, yeah, baby. It's like I'm in high school again. <laughs> Sitting there at your gaming computer with your headphones on, <laughs> listening to a Tool album saying, yeah, baby. There I am, <laughs> listening listening to Tool on Winamp while I play Carmageddon on my PC. Oh, while yeah. you're, you're skin of a, a fully nude lady, uh, you're tweaking the nipples to change the volume levels. Yeah, my um, my Pamela Anderson in barbed wire uh, Winamp skin. Oh, and what a film. Amazing. What a film. I think I've this is maybe the third episode that we have mentioned barbed wire on. <laughs> Well, I think when I saw you not long ago, I was like, oh, you have a VHS copy of Barbed Wire. I, I think sure I need do. to watch Barbed Wire again. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, the important things that we're all out here doing, folks. Listening to Tool albums. Um, tweaking the nipples of uh, Cyber Pamela Anderson in a remake of Casablanca on our Winamp skins. And also trying to propel the economy along. All important things that we're all trying to do. And by all of us, I mean the people speaking on this podcast and also, I guess, the government? Possible. Flawless. Flawless stuff there. So according to 7 News Melbourne, as an American would say, uh, Australian workers could be on the verge of receiving a $3,000 wage boost. And could is doing some heavy, heavy lifting there, isn't it? That's like uh, peak... Arnie Day's amounts of heavy lifting, just like muscles bulging out, exploding in every direction, like yep. a, an overfilled blimp. This uh, is this is like fourth time uh, Mr. Universe winning Arnold Schwarzenegger levels of lifting. Yeah. So uh, could be on the verge. <laughs> so 
not only not only are you maybe getting the money, you're maybe on the verge of maybe getting the money. We're edging towards it. You don't want to get the money too quickly, or no, else then it won't be. Ruin it. it won't be as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if you, you draw if it you wait, out. If you just keep waiting. Mm. We're right on the verge of getting three thousand dollars. <laughs> just just oh. so close to getting it. And you put yeah. your hand out for the money, and then you pull it, pull it back. Pull it back. Pull so I, don't want, back. I don't want the money yet. It's the best to me when I hold out my hand and the treasurer dangles it over my hand. And <laughs> He's lightly brushing. He's just lightly brushing a twenty dollar <laughs> note across your palm. <laughs> like oh, so close. And then pulling it back. Oh, edging for a wage rise. So treasurer Josh Frydenberg has called on the bosses of our biggest companies to pump profits back into the economy. Yeah. Don't pump the them products. too hard. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Instead of lining the pockets of shareholders, let's take a quick listen to this clip from 7 News Melbourne. Australian workers could be on the verge of receiving a $3,000 wage boost. Treasurer Josh Frydenberg has called on the bosses of our biggest companies to pump profits back into the economy instead of lining the pockets of shareholders. The more we're joined by David Woodward in Canberra. And David, this could see a healthy boost to the bottom line for many working families. Eddie, good morning. Yes, the Treasurer believes businesses could be doing much more to increase productivity and therefore worker wages. He will use an address today at the Business Council of Australia to urge the private sector to do more uh, to to, to increase productivity. He believes some of our best performing businesses are prioritising shareholder dividends over growth. Now, uh, reading the ground for that expected fallout from a US-China trade war, the government wants to lift productivity rates back to around 1.5%. Now, uh, that would raise worker wages by about $3,000 a year. The speech, though, is likely to work some investors, but Josh Frydenberg has been quoted this morning as questioning whether or not businesses have been aggressive enough in the pursuit of growth. It is a line the RBA has also taken in recent years, warning a focus on returning cash to shareholders could stifle new production, Eddie. Thank you, David. Huh. Hmm. So the story is he's just going to ask them to give ask, people the money. Come on. Have, have we tried come that on. yet? Well, I would actually say there's there's another problem before that point, which is that this entire thing is based on the premise that lifting productivity of workers will increase wages. Yeah, like we haven't been squeezing every last drop of productivity out of people for the last fucking forever. Well, you can look at any of those charts where there is like a clear divergence between the points where all large businesses became productivity focused in mm-hmm. square, scare quotes and everything was all of a sudden about how many people can we get rid of while just kind of sharing the work of those people around the rest of this department or company that they're working. Now, I'm going to put it to uh, to Josh Feinberg that perhaps there's another kind of asking that the government could do. Maybe a more, uh, I'm trying to think of the word here, but it's sort of more of a strenuous kind of asking. Maybe a little a more, more forceful. forceful sort of asking to, to get the businesses to give uh, more of their money that they've squeezed out of people like lifeless rocks, a little drop of blood coming out. And they could maybe just... Um, Oh fuck! Uh, I'm trying. Look, well, it'll come. Sorry, to I me. don't. I, I don't want to. You, you had a lovely mm. flow going there, and I'd hate to interrupt you. But um, yeah, but you just you made a reference there to um, squeezing a rock and uh, blood coming out. I don't yeah, think look. you can draw blood from a stone. Oh, hmm. Well, that's that's got to be a problem. I think that is. I think 
maybe he's he's worked that into his calculations. So they seem to have thought this all the way through, right up until the point where they're just asking businesses, uh, the entities that exist purely for profit, um, these things that only survive through a through a process of natural selection, where only the most profitable ones uh, survive, um, and everything else is shut out. Um, where he gets them to just voluntarily give some cash across, but I think apart from that, it's all been very well thought out, including the the drop of blood thing. So I think I'm I'm right on that one. Hmm. Hmm. No, um, well, I agree to disagree. <laughs> I'm wondering at this point, uh, since this government has been in office, how many times can you guys remember hearing variations on? Um, like either asking businesses to pass on profits, uh, asking banks to to pass on. Come on, just make a little less profit. To pass oh, on uh, reductions in in reserve bank interest rates onto their customers. Um, how many times? How many times have we heard this government say that they are putting power companies on notice? On notice. Mm. I hate to be put on notice. I love the concept um, they're just sitting around and just going. I wish there was someone who could do something about this. Oh, we'll just have to politely ask these companies that only exist to generate profit for shareholders to stop generating profit for shareholders. Just put that on the back burner for a little while. Uh, hey, guys. Sure people can live. Money, please. <laughs> uh, please. We're asking really nicely. Please. Josh Frydenberg's taken off his hat. He's taken off his hat and he's holding economy. it in his hands. Please. My, please, my, my economy. My economy is starving. <laughs> it's very sick. Yeah, I just, I just wonder how many variations on the very same conversation we're going to have. Because it does seem like we're finally getting to the point where a lot of people are saying, I've kind of noticed that my wages have not risen in a decade or mm. more. I've, I've sort of become conscious of mm. the fact that people are being sifted increasingly into... Uh, segments of society, you might call them classes. Uh, mm. And I'm going to post this on Facebook now. Doesn't uh, sound familiar. <laughs> now, if, if you were to break these classes up, mm. would you sort of stack them next to each other? Or would you say sort of say that I they're sort of like an on-top kind of, of scenario? Vertical orientation, maybe yeah. like a tiered cake. And like maybe um, one of them is like an under, it's under the other one, so it's kind of like an underclass? Possibly. Let's, let's I'm, I'm not make it a war. Let's not make this <laughs> class warfare by pointing out the truth of things. Yeah, let's ease up on the class war. Yeah. Uh, and get more friendly little. with coal. I'm being the <laughs> Labour Party. Oh, nice. yeah. We love Got those em. guys. They're yeah. doing it. I hope the Labour Party is listening to this and this makes them shake up their whole act. I oh. hope they listen to our podcast every week in their little Labour Party office in Parliament House. They all, they all get together. They gather really around mad. the old radio. Like, Damn it. Oh, they got us again. We've been podcasted. Oh, no. <sighs> yeah, it's going great for Labour at the moment. They're putting up a lot of strong resistance to this in the form of saying, yeah, we agree. Mm. Uh, whatever, what whatever you said. said. Whatever you said. We agree. I'm with stupid. I don't yeah, like but it. But ironically, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> now we all know that there's um, there aren't actually any mechanisms that a government could employ to make any of this stuff happen. So better off not worrying about it, and instead focusing on what the government has been doing for us. 
Uh, they've been doing all kinds of important stuff, making moves, making things happen. Theo, can you tell us what one of those things is? So, um, I think one of our most respected um, journalists, certainly um, probably award-winning, I haven't looked it up or anything else, um, Chris Ullman. Um, now, he's been hanging around the women's bathrooms in the Barton offices <laughs> of the Prime Minister and Cabinet. Uh, and he's taken a little, uh, taken notice of a little sign underneath the, uh, wim- this is, is, again, sorry, this is just imagine if you can, if there's, there's the women's bathroom, it's right there, and he's sort of outside of the women's bathroom. Just, Lo- just around. loitering around mm. it, would you say? I would say, look, um, I'm not a thesaurus, I can't think of a, another word better than loitering outside the women's bathroom. So let's just go, he's loitering outside this women's bathroom. I, I personally like to picture that he's done the thing where he's pretended to take a phone call, held the phone up to his ear, yep. and then oh, snapped yeah. a little picture off. Mm. Oh, yes, I'll be home by 5.45. <laughs> the loud sound of a digital shutter sound effect going off. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's certainly snapped one off outside the women's bathroom of the Barton offices of the Prime oh, Minister boy. and Cabinet. And... <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and the one that he snapped off is a little sign that says uh, PN, PM and C is committed to staff inclusion and diversity. Please use the bathroom that fits your gender identity. Just like a little bat signal being shot up in the sky with the words trans folk have it too good somewhere. Chris mm. Ullman is on the case. Uh, he's tweeted this little picture. And our friend uh, Josh Butler has noted a little timeline here. Uh, Two forty-nine. This photo goes up. Oh, hold on. Um, what does he? What does he say against the photo here? Sorry. And the the entire the entire quote was: Meanwhile, at the Barton offices of Prime Minister and Cabinet, like he's narrating a film noir. Um, <laughs> With a little, he's putting ellipsis at the end there he's, as well. He's got the little ellipsis. That is. That is generating a, a little bit of interest at the end, a little bit of suspense. I in think the tweet. it's implying that he's being sardonic. That's my reading of it. Ooh. Mm. It's it's certainly a joyful little literary device he's included on this tweet, uh, which is incredible because he is a man entirely without joy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but he has tweeted this from outside the women's bathroom, and um, as as friend of the show Josh Butler has noted, uh, two forty nine journo tweets pick of sign saying, "Use the bathroom that best fits your gender identity." A very uncontroversial statement that um, I hope you know just helps the people in uh, PMNC feel a little bit more safe and belonging in their environment. Um, 4.35, PM Scott Morrison gets on the blower to 2GB, says the sign is not necessary and will be sorted out. Wow. <sighs> so, he's gotten on the bloody blower, hasn't he? That means the to telephone the- for any of our listeners. <laughs> don't, don't. It means using the, the telephone. Don't ruin the mystery. You don't <laughs> ask bloody Sierra Ross to start singing in English. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> remove I all of I would. I would. I absolutely would. Absolutely would. Take hey. all the joy and romance out of this show. <laughs> Guys, I'm not getting any of this. <laughs> Could you... You guys have subtitles or... <laughs> That's me at a Sigur concert. Oh, you, you must go. They're spectacular. Um... So, Morrison has said he's spoken with departmental officials about the signage, saying it was political correctness over the top. 
political correctness gone mad. It's gone mad. It's gone wild in the fun sense. <laughs> the titties are out. <laughs> There's big old political correctness baps flying free. Big politically correct naturals. Now I haven't I haven't seen the movie Spring Breakers, but I assume that's what it's about. You gotta watch Spring Breakers. Oh, I'm hearing more and more of this, uh, <laughs> mostly on whatever episodes that you're on, and also whatever I go to the bar with you or your house. And you'll keep hearing it uh, because I want to keep hanging out with you more. Hmm. And it's that it's that consistency of um, character that I think really endears you to the people, Ben. I also think that's how advertising works, right? They just try and repeat it to you a lot so that it's always in your brain. That's what I'm doing to you. Oh, no. Mm. I have been hearing a lot about the film <laughs> Spring Breakers by Harmony Kareen. <laughs> just a huge, like, retrospective advertising campaign. <laughs> turning into a multi- Ten multi- years billion. after it came out, yeah. Like overtakes Avatar. <laughs> How did this get up there? It was mostly word of mouth from one guy. <laughs> uh, uh, it's ridiculous, he said. Um, and we're not just talking about whatever it is we're talking about. Um, I don't think this is necessary. I think people can work out which room to use. Uh, does he think? Yeah. Does he think people I, don't that there's confusion here? Because it sounds it, almost to me like if you take that sign away, it's um, telling people which rooms they can use instead of what was happening before where they were previously oh, working true. out which room to use. But now I'm not sure he's got this the right way around. So I might I might just shoot him a sneaky little... I might try and give him a little call. I know the phone lines are quite quite congested at the moment. What with us, you know, deporting Tamil refugees and... All sorts at the moment, but um, maybe I can try and sneak this in. I just quick, quick note. Get him on, on the his blower. interview. I think get him, on, get the him blower. on the blower. <laughs> There's a generous reading here, right? That so he said people can figure this out on their own. Uh, the sign says, you know, choose the the room that's appropriate for your gender identity, right? Maybe he is actually saying that, you know, this isn't an identity thing. Trans people are the gender that they are, right? Yeah. Trans yes. woman is a woman. Scott Morrison he's saying, said trans rights. Tra- he's got Scott some Morrison tra- said trans rights. rights. Yeah. yeah. God, if I only... If, it's if definitely I not the case, if, but imagine if that's what it was. When he's man. saying people know which room they're supposed to use, they do. What a joyful world I'd been summoned into for about 10 just, seconds. I'm shining a little torch in your eyes and pretending it's the sun. Mm. Now, now there's the slightly less generous reading of this, which is that the first half of the note says, PM&C, Prime Minister and Cabinet, his department, is committed to staff inclusion and diversity. And he's saying, we don't need that sign. He said it's ridiculous. The in sign fact. is ridiculous. It is ridiculous to say that we are committed to staff inclusion and diversity. Hmm. Uh, that, I think, is probably the more realistic takeaway from this, as, mm. He, mm. as he has a very well-documented history of any time that he's asked to respond to any current social issue which involves, like, gender identity or trans people. He, Absolutely. He drops some variation on the whole thing being ridiculous. Well, he said that... Um, it's all very silly Australia- to him. Yeah, the decision for Cricket Australia to release a policy to aim um, to allow transgender and gender diverse people to play sport at the highest level and guidelines for community cricket was heavy-handed and mystifying, like a okay. like a sorceress. <laughs> if only, if only, 
Well, that sounds like a combination of like maybe a fighter and a sorceress because it's heavy-handed and mystical. Oh, well, that's the little multi-classer. Yeah. Well, um, we'll we'll get out the old dice and roll up some attributes for this for this potential character later. Yeah. So, but somebody somebody has uh, cast confusion on Scott Morrison. That's just true. Stumbling from from microphone to microphone. What is this? What is this? I don't know what now any you, of this is. Now, you said something about gender. I don't know if I believe in that. Immediately, my vision started swimming. I didn't know where I was. Um, yeah, so he's, uh, he said... Um, so this is just in, in regards to this, the uh, Cricket Australia thing that uh, he says, pretty heavy-handed, to put it mildly. Uh, f- there's far more practical ways to handle these issues than these heavy, mandatory ways of doing, you know, like allowing people to do the thing. Mm, uh, so I, the, I think there's other ways to handle them, like just refusing to talk about them. Yeah. So uh, why there's a necessity to get the sledgehammer out on this myst- is mystifying me. We need to get the issue in perspective and ensure we can manage it calmly. So again, uh, the heavy-handed approach being the thing to say, look, we you can just you can just play uh, cricket in the um, <clears throat> in the section that you uh, you know identify with. Um, versus the calm way, which is um, stopping people from doing that and also tearing down signs that say, hey, uh, you're okay. Yeah, we, we don't want people knowing that they're okay and accepted in their place of work. Just we we love our ScoMo. Imagine just getting so mad at these signs. Like, I can't imagine your day-to-day existence when you see something that's just like, hey, use whatever bathroom you like, and you get so angry. You know, I got to call 2GB about this. You're right, though. Like, every time I see this, and it is unfortunately something that, um, you know, we perhaps are in our, our bubble in. But you go on, you know, Twitter or especially Facebook or whatever, you know, you've seen the... Um, Seen stuff with um, with the Victorian Labor Party uh, recently, where they've um, wonderfully made it legal for you to change the gender on your birth certificate um, mm-hmm. without getting uh, gender changing or sex changing um, surgery. And people are are just so this is this to them is the point where like reality has just stopped existing. It's uh, it's cultural Marxism. We're just we're, we're floating unmoored through space. We don't know which way's up, which way's down. Who's male? Who's female? And it's like, who gives a fuck? It affects you who? in absolutely no way. Who cares? Yep. Uh, that's what that person was going to tell you anyway when you asked, and you don't really need to ask. Yeah. Oh, I I don't know who what. I don't know what to call these people. Just whatever the fuck they say. That's fine. Who cares? Yep. yep. Who cares? This is, of course, just the newest frontier in all of the same <clears throat> same kinds of fixations that very socially conservative people have. Like, uh, like in the 80s and 90s when it was like, she's married, but she wants to be called Ms. Jones at work? Holy Whoa. fuck. But how do I know if she's married or if she's not married? <laughs> how do I know if I can slap her on the ass as she walks past? That's right. Well, Will no, I have a have husband knocking on my door or not? Um, it's like, hey, uh, it's almost like if you don't need to see uh, the genitals of anyone that you work with or fucking suck them, then you don't. It just doesn't matter. It's fine. You don't need to know any of this stuff. So I, I just think here. this is a beautiful story about how one journalist can use his power, his massive audience that he has, uh, to make 
any trans or gender diverse people's lives in that office slightly worse. I just don't know where he got time uh, to take a break from demonizing renewable energy to also demonize trans people. He's got a lot to do. He's a real it's shit, isn't name. he? He's a real shit of a person. He More is like all- Cunt Ullman. Yep, and uh, it's it's either that or he's, uh, you know, trotting out the um, anti-Semitic Frankfurt School cultural Marxism conspiracy theories oh, uh, straight on to the national broadcaster. The Jews invented communism and they're trying to destroy the world with it. That's yep. my Chris Ullman impersonation. <laughs> yep, and it's a pretty accurate one too. As we respect Jews enough to carry on that mission to try and destroy the world with cultural uh, that's Marxism. Right. That's You're right. absolutely right. <laughs> Yes, we all know that a big part of the reason for these signs is that um, is because of young people, big millennial pussies. Um, wow. Oh, I want to be, I want to be treated equally. I don't want to be persecuted because of who I am. Wow. Wow. Snowflakes. These snowflakes are always saying um, until a sign goes up, and then I get mad and I tell the prime minister and have him call his friend on the radio. I don't want to look at this sign. This sign's hurting my eyes. I'm sick of the... Oh, no. I saw it and now I'm... Oh, no. That's... Oh. I saw it and now I have to think about someone else. And that makes me furious. That, uh, of course, I know we've said it before, but that is what all of these things always make me think of is it's like the, the perfect... The perfect encapsulation, this type of issue, of like straight... Uh, straight cis dude privilege of hey um, I saw a thing and for a moment there I was forced to consider the possibility that like some people out there are having a different experience in life to me um, and that's too much it doesn't so it doesn't affect me so much as well it no does he's affected because them, you had to think about it oh I had to think about it I mean but it does it does make their lives better so in comparison when you think about it and how everything's relative their lives becoming better kind of makes my life a little worse yeah so really i'm the oppressed one here well it makes their lives better without actively doing anything for me Hmm. so in a way it's taking something i i hate it when something's win-win or even just a win but the win isn't explicitly for me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, all these all these millennial pussy snowflakes out here demanding to um, just be treated with basic human dignity and have equal rights, and we can't have it. And that's why um, an intrepid reporter at the Courier Mail, reporter, or perhaps reporter is a strong word. No, she yeah. she She's is the, the national political editor. Yeah, oh, I, wow. so I read this article and I thought, oh, this is this is like. If they had any sort of editorial practices, which they don't, we all know that the Courier Mail is totally without editorial practices. Uh, this would like half of the shit in this article wouldn't have gotten through. And then I looked it up, and as Ben pointed out, uh, she is the national political editor. Yikes! So Ben, would you, like, would you like to take it away and tell us what's going on here? I would absolutely love to. Um, you know, what, I'm just going to read you the headline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you tell me what you think this is going to be like, whether it be fair or sort of a kind of objective look at uh, the issue at hand. Um, millennial greed and entitlement knows no limit. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be just as good as last week. 
Yep. Millennial entitlement and greed, greed and entitlement. That's us. No We're limit. A greedy bunch. So right, you're robbing banks. My favorite thing about this that I'm going to say in advance is there's a lot of quotes in here where she's sort of using them as scare quotes that are just like she's just quoting a general sentiment. But I love the idea that she's just seen one millennial and she's been like, that's it. Also, she looks quite young. Yeah. Uh, like, if she is, she's almost certainly a millennial, just from uh, looking at her picture, I think most people would agree. Well, perhaps uh, she's pulling a, uh, pulling a Caleb Bond and letting, letting her allegiances be known to the boomer class, you know? I think, yeah, it's definitely one of those things for like, hey, when you guys uh, install the boomerocracy, uh, think of me kindly. I would like to be last up against the wall. Yeah. Uh, all right. And I want the wall to be comfy. <laughs> you fucking millennial. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Whinging millennials do not realize how lucky they are, and instead of berating baby boomers for being greedy and ruining the planet, they should be paying tribute to those before them for making their life a walk in the park. And I would like to point out that ruining the planet is in square, square, qu- square quotes. quotes there. Square quotes, yes. Square, square quotes. quotes. Square quotes. Mm-hmm. Straight up and down. I just, I, I, and I know this is very soon to be interjecting, but isn't it like a, aren't we like millennials the first generation to be like economically worse off than the generation? We sure are. Yep. No, but our life is a walk in the park because of boomers. So. Uh, there has never been a more ungrateful generation who have forgotten or are too ignorant to understand the sacrifices, the hard work and the social justices they have today because of their parents, grandparents and great grandparents. Oh, I know where this is going. This is going to be a, well, women had it bad in the 50s, so why don't you shut up? Yeah, that's actually (laughs) entirely it. The afterpay generation have an I want it now mentality. Yeah, we invented the the idea of... The afterpay generation. (laughs) Yeah, well, how about uh, Gen X, the bloody... uh, What do you call it when you you go to a store and then you, you lay by it? The lay by generation. Well, also, Afterpay is just fucking credit cards. It's a credit card for chumps. I mean, Afterpay is for Cre- chumps. I credit will... cards, that thing that you guys have had the whole fucking time. Like, Afterpay, wow. Afterpay is just the Uber of credit cards where people are like, mm. oh, it's it's a new... It's like a taxi, but it doesn't have a sign on the top that says taxi. I love it when someone disrupts an industry, you say, as you get out your wallet and just pay the same amount of money for the thing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, The famous afterpay rant. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't until 1974 that credit cards were allowed into Australia. Yeah, the millennials invented those. Uh, That means households Mm -hmm. saved for what they needed and only spent what money they had. Hold on. Except for the period between 1974 and afterpay. So when when is a millennial is nineteen ninety onwards oh, or are we like, met, no? It's like nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. So then that'd be eighteen. So you'd be two thousand and two before you could get a credit card. So Afterpay was founded in twenty fourteen. Just for the record. Hmm. So that brand, <laughs> that old timey thing that all the millennials have been using forever. God damn it. Uh. Sorry, I've lost my place here. Uh, Yep, it meant families had to be frugal and taught them the valuable lesson of buying only what they could afford. They couldn't Uber Eats dinner in if they, brackets, generally women, were too tired to cook. 
Millennials have never had to learn the art of saving the same way previous generations have. And what the con- fuck? What does this mean? Uh-huh. And it has contributed to their foot stamping when they can't get what they want. What the fuck are they... What is she talking about? Uh, there's more on this later. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quiet on this one because there's, there's a specific thing that she, she talks about with, with home loans later on that we... Yeah. I'll, I'll wait till then. Uh, there have been incredible social justice gains over the past 100 years, and this is not just good for society, but it has a positive impact on the economy as well. Oh, boy. Uh, it has never yeah, been easier ev- to be Everyone could work and pay taxes now. Mm-hmm. And you ne- got to. <laughs> it's never been easier to be a woman, indigenous, disabled, poor, or aging. It is not because of a few protests undertaken today by a few under-30s. This is because of decades of hard-fought wins by generations before. Now, those hard-fought wins... Do you reckon a lot of those were from young people protesting about I w- stuff? I wonder mm. if perhaps uh, at the time they may have been categorised as uh, whinging. Hmm. I wonder. What if people this, thought they this were is a great. This is a great genre of thing. Is the why? <clears throat> why didn't you do it like the people in the past? Who, if I was around at the time, I would have been writing the same thing about them. But like society's the whole, um, always good as it is. The status quo is the ideal. It's look, the we peak of here. society. It's as we- good as it's ever been, so stop complaining. It's mm. time for us to rest on our laurels. Oh, and those laurels look good. <laughs> <laughs> those are hot laurels. I love to rest on them. They look comfy. <laughs> Baby, did you do your laurels again? <laughs> <laughs> Younger oh, generations. I hate, it. I hate it when I go to bed at night and I have to like... Pull the 15 laurels that my wife's piled up on the bed for some reason. <laughs> Put them on the floor. Get in. that many. Yeah. What are women doing with all these laurels? <laughs> Go on, Ben. All right. Younger generations <laughs> take for granted or are unaware of the tough policy and political battles, including environmental fights that have made oh their lives God. so much easier. Why would what? we be unaware? Fuck you. Fuck you. In the late 1800s, some women could finally own property, and it wasn't until 1902 that Australian women could vote in federal elections. Female trailblazers like Edith Cohen, Emma Miller, and Mary Lee pushed to ensure women won their democratic right to vote in federal elections. However, it wasn't until 1943 that women were elected to federal parliament. In 1928, the first Australian International Women's Day rally in Sydney saw women take to the streets to demand equal pay for equal work and a basic wage for the unemployed. And that fight has famously been successful. Then done, We're done, all straight. Done. Yep. 1928. We've got that sorted out. So gender gender wage gap uh, from uh, XXX through to 1928. R.I.P. in hell. Uh, <laughs> uh, it seems unimaginable that women could have given up their job for a man once they got married. That continued to the 1960s. Uh, in 1962, mm. the Commonwealth Electoral Act provided that Indigenous Australians should have the right to enrol and vote at federal elections. This is just a list of things from history, and it's quite long. Uh, not long after, a couple of white women chained themselves in a Brisbane public bar to protest the fact they were banned from drinking there. Women's rights were not codified in Australia's laws until 1984 when the Sex Discrimination Act was enacted. I'm having a flashback here. I'm having a flashback to... Was it just, a Bolt just article? After, no, 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 no. Just after the election. Right. Ah, the article we, that was like, yeah. What about these things the liberals did? 
50 yeah, years it was ago. somebody right. saying, I, I shouldn't feel guilty for voting for the Liberals. All my friends yelled at me and I shouldn't have to feel guilty about it because of the following list of things that the Liberal Party did. Like before they were the Liberal Party in 1927 <laughs> and they did this thing. And like the entire thing was just somebody doing this laundry list of... Here are things that occurred at some indeterminate point in the past enacted by other people as a result of protesting whatever activism by a different generation of people. And um, question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, everyone should just shut up now. Yep. Wonderful way of writing a thing. Uh, we can all agree. Look, I've got a few more things to rattle off here from the list of things that happened in history. Um, the National Disability Insurance Scheme is now operational to help people with a disability and there's famously been no problems with the NDIS. It's so functional. Everyone loves it. Uh, In 2008, the then-run government... The the NDIS, that's another perfect example of, yes, this thing was enacted by a government and then a conservative government got in and said, cool, cool, you know what we fucking hate doing? Spending money on any kind of social service or good. So we're just going to keep gutting all of the resources out of this thing mm-hmm. until we have like a skeleton framework of underpaid, um, underpaid, like uh, underpaid carers working around the country in these hideously underfunded places, full of like your your Parkinson-stricken loved ones uh, crapping all over themselves in their beds, and no one's coming to look after them. But that's fine because it exists. So no one should kick up a fuss, fucking ask him for more money for them. You you should be grateful because that agency didn't exist in the 50s. Does she also think that these things just pop into existence like unbidden? That you're like, you just wake up the next day, oh, honey, I just see here in my ye olde newspaper, because everything from 1943 is good, uh, that they've enacted the uh, National Disability Insurance Scheme. Nobody asked for it, but they said... Uh, the conservative government, they've just gone ahead and gone, you know what, um, we're going to spend some money. Um, we, don't, we, we weren't pressured. Uh, this isn't after huge public backlash. This isn't after a significant campaign of um, people in the industry, experts, uh, and just uh, people with regular hearts that beat. Um, they, they, just, they just did it with no whinging involved. Uh, incredible. Well, yeah, it's, it, she thinks that there was just a, a nice, benevolent government sitting around at one point saying, what can we do that people would like? That's right. Women didn't get the vote by whinging. They didn't get the vote by nagging for it. That's for that's sure. Right. They got it because a man gave it to them. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks, men. Thanks, men. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you'd like to hear Lucy get really mad. as <laughs> uh, a go classic back. episode. Go back and listen to an episode of ours called... Thanks, men. Good times. Uh, wonderful. About all of the accomplishments. Thanks, man. Episode 56. thank men for. Yeah, so all of these things just magically happen by themselves. That's cool. Oh, the, the next example is going to make you even happier. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, in 2008, the then Rudd government same-sex law reform package passed Parliament. Uh, just a note for international listeners. That was not same-sex marriage. That was uh, recognizing like same-sex de facto couples and uh, putting in... Uh, civil unions uh, what happened was and this is how she describes it and gay marriage was legalized in December 2017 by the then Turnbull government now I, it's 2017 such a long time ago December 2017 oh, yeah. uh, you know it's one year and eight months ago mm-hmm. um, 
Now, did they did they just legislate it like they they just because they had the majority government they just put in a piece of legislation and then they just gave uh, the yeah they were just sitting marriage. around they were sitting around wondering what kind of favors they could do as for, a public for majority and they went well that's the will of democracy yeah, they looked at a decade of polling that showed over sixty five percent support for uh, same sex marriage in the country and then they just legislated it right or I think I'm I'm having a bit of a flashback um, they actually used some weird bullshit archaic thing available to them from the Australian Bureau of Statistics to do a survey of the entire country uh, that's not a referendum because it was in no way legally binding. Uh, they essentially used it as a big opinion poll, even though we had a decade of opinion polls, and then they begrudgingly legislated it after campaigners and protesters worked really hard to get people to actually vote for it because it was a non-compulsory vote. But, Ben, they did take the credit for it, and that takes work. Oh, yeah, true. So, I guess if you've only got one sentence to describe it, you'd sort of gloss over, yeah, all of that. The, yeah, that's... The, all, the part that, that kind of disproves your, your thesis, and you want to just concentrate on the one part uncritically, yeah. this might be what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're saying. Is right, that right. then when we were supposed to stop complaining? Like, that's the end point? Bl- December 2017 so. is when we couldn't complain anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because as we all know, um, all as as we've just discussed, um, all queer people are now being treated completely equally at all levels of society and government. Um, there's nothing going on. There aren't any conservative prime ministers uh, making national issues out of science on bathrooms or anything. So mm, shut the fuck up. You know? We're done improving society. It yep, ends. Right. Society it's cannot done. get better than this. I think it's it's worth. We have pointed this out in the past, but it's worth pointing out again, Ben, that in the context that you're talking about it, all of that was also to change a definition in the Marriage Act, which um, a conservative government first changed without doing any kind of vote or referendum or national debate or anything. They just said, ooh, um, if we don't change this, then gay people will just be able to get married and have dignity and uh, live alongside each other in their homes. And just hammer that thing in. Yeah, of course. They needed um, a mandate from society to change it when the change was good to them. Yep. I mean, sorry, you, the other way around. You yep. need that mandate uh, if you think it might be bad. Uh, but otherwise, just do whatever the fuck you like. Just you can do it. anything. Words don't mean anything. Actions don't have consequences. Uh, continue on with this piece of shit. Uh, it is true younger Australians are finding it harder to buy their first home, partly because of low wage growth and income huh. to house price ratios. Have increased well, from- as we've discussed, though, there's nothing you can do about low, low wage growth other than say politely please? ask. Please, please, please. We have please. Some- more money, daddy. Some more money, money into business, daddy. <laughs> uh, income to house price ratios have increased from five times the medium income in the 1990s to seven times today in capital cities. That's no, a no, great no, no. point from the hang, 90s to now. Hang on, hang on. All right, so there's another one. There's another line later on that I want to make this point with as well. But here is a line that, like, this is this is the sort of bullshit that you would put on your, um, like, a uni assignment that you're writing at, like, 10.50 um, on a Friday <laughs> night um, when you've got a thesis and everything that you find keeps fucking disproving it. But you still, it's too late to change it, right? So she says... To seven times today in some capital cities. She's right. But some capital cities means the lower end. 
the current the median income oh, uh, I was in like seven, seven ah. times the worst and lowest wage income to house price ratios in Sydney are around 12 <laughs> <laughs> Jesus awesome. Christ. You would think that the way that's phrased implies that that's the upper bounds that, of the scale, is, doesn't it? This, that's exactly right. And this is why. And she knows it. She is being functionally dishonest here, right? Because she needs to prove a point because this is the team that she's on. And fuck reality, right? And so when we were talking about, um, you know, the inability for our generation to save money, Right. It's funny that she separated those two points to opposite ends of the article where she goes on to talk about the fact that we currently have to, you know, so we're talking a difference between, well, she's talking about a difference between the 1990s and now, right? A period Ooh. of 20, 29 years. What would happen if you looked back, say, to if the you, 60s? Hmm. I'd rather so, you didn't. And like, and this is why she separated because she knows that she is disproving her own article here. Like, you know, everyone can go and talk to, you know, relatives or like I, I just the other like week, um, I was talking to my grandma and she said that when she bought her house, it was $20,000 and they paid it off in seven years. Right. And she didn't work at that time. Oh, and but I'm, I'm sure the house was, you know, tiny, like, like a little one bedroom kind of thing it's a, it's a sort of a three bedroom sort of deal um, yeah but what, what kind of sign what kind of sign was on the bathroom though ah see they didn't need a <laughs> sign except um, uh, wipe when you're done mm-hmm. uh, pee poo and cum <laughs> <laughs> classic grandma classic classic grandma sign right but then she's, she's talking about that you know well you know women don't even stay in the household anymore and since the 1960s all this year yeah that's because they fucking can't. They have to work or else you don't own a house, right? What happened in the 60s and 70s? It's fucking conservative governments repeatedly got in. They broke, as Andrew was saying, the, the link between increases in productivity and increases in, in wages and, um, you know, uh, quality of life. And it all just became fucking profit, right? But she, she has to spread this out across the entire article lest somebody join the fucking dots for her. And we join love joining those dots. dots. Join the dots. <laughs> oh, um, I'm, at, I'm at Pizza Hut with the works. I've got my paper placemat with a puzzle on it. I've got the short pencil, the short red pencil, and I'm ready to join those motherfucking dots. Let's, uh, I'm going to keep trying with this. Okay. Um, so this next part's fun as well. Some parents tell their kids how hard it was when Australia's official cash rate was 17.5% in the 1990s. Do they? Many <laughs> families could not afford repayments and lost their homes. Well, if they didn't have a whatever the buy now, pay later attitude is, maybe they would have just bought their house outright. But no. Got them. Entitled. They have to have it. Yep. They had to have it now. They need that instant gratification. That's why they get home loans. Uh, mm. Boomer and, afterpay. And, yeah. Mm, and, and I wonder they just why. Save up and buy the whole house at once. Come on. And I wonder why we're sitting on like a three percent cash rate at the moment. Like I, I don't know. Look, she's a political reporter here. She would know what's what's going on. I kind of get the impression of the fact that it's uh, after repeated attempts to restoke the economy after we dug up all of the fucking coal and sold our generation out, uh, and now the economy's in the shitter. And the only thing we can do is repeatedly drop interest rates. But I'm no money man. That is true. <laughs> you are no money man. I'm no professor of dollars. 
My goodness. The fact is, Australian home ownership has been falling for three decades, and it is more complex than the, quote, greedy baby boomers with their franking credits and benefits from their free education. She just keeps listing all these great reasons. Uh, Home ownership also goes to the psychology of the new generation. Oh, it's because millennials Mm. have a case of psychology. Yeah, well, whereas the previous generation had the uh, psychology of, I want to own a house and I will, millennials famously have the uh, very greedy psychology of, I want to own a house uh, and also I'm going to die at 40 when the planet also dies with me. Mm. Uh, So many of these greedy millennials, they don't want to move to the boondocks or the outer city ring because it is not convenient. They want hmm. their first choice of home today, whereby generations before were willing to buy what they could what they could afford. It wasn't an all or nothing proposition. So I, I spoke this... to my neighbour when I moved in here, right? And I'm in the sort of outer suburbs of Brisbane. And when she moved in here, it was a dirt track. Mm. Mm. This, and this now is what Brisbane is me. just fucking just goes on as far as you can see. This is what shits me about all of this stuff is that like any of the major cities, uh, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, any of these places do just continue to sprawl onwards forever outwards. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, they're making she's, more and more new suburbs all the time. She's literally the fuck describing the fail, failings of, of our city planners across Australia. But also, like, who who the fuck does she think is living in these new suburbs that are constantly popping out, like, further and further into the outskirts of Melbourne, other than young families who can't afford to live anywhere near the inside of the city? Like, are, are boomers, like, buying these and also living in them? Are they separating uh, yeah, so they no, can live in both them. houses? Well, they're buying them and renting mm. them to other people, yeah. This is God, fun. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, oh God. Nevertheless, the Morrison government will now help home buyers save for a deposit. Only a 5% deposit will be needed because the, mo- the government will guarantee the additional amount to reach the 20%. Means borrowers will not have to pay mortgage insurance. Huh. But you still I have to pay. I can't see any that. way of that ending badly either. Mm. No. So, so you still have to pay that the, the whole kind of million dollars for your house, though, right? There's, there's a place in Canberra, right? You know the construction company Grocon? Mm hmm. Um, so they're, they're building like, they're, they're doing the classic move of building like high density housing in a place where nobody wants high density housing. Um, and they're doing that like in the, in the sort of CBD in the city in Canberra. And they have like, I walk past their, their office, um, on my way to work every day and uh, they have this big sign up that is like, Hey, um, don't have a deposit. No problem. We will pay the deposit for you. And so they have like uh, all this stuff where they're so so desperate, obviously, to move apartments in this complex that they're building because this is tends to be what happens in Canberra. Somebody builds like a, you know, a 15-story apartment complex building and uh, for, you know, the last 12 months of construction, they have signs up saying, last apartment's almost gone. You better hurry up and buy it. Buy an they apartment. They all say we're, that. It's like we're the closing down rug shop sale. <laughs> Absolutely, they all say that for like the last year of construction, and then the place opens, and you can see that like ten percent of the apartments are occupied. Um, but yeah, Grocon's thing now is like, hey, um, we we will just let you do the whole thing without a deposit, 
And it obviously comes across as one of these things where it's like, yeah, what could go wrong? At what cost? Grocon. Yep. Fucking Grocon. Like no con. Oh, damn. Hey, yo. Oh, it goes on. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it is also ridiculous for millennials to blame those before them for the effects of for the effects of climate change. Australia's the opposite. Well, mm, let's hear her out. Australia's <laughs> prosperity is in part built off the back of resources. As a country, Australia is moving to decarbonise, but mm. it cannot be Are done they? all at once because it will kill the economy. And it is ironic that there are calls for a more aggressive push to decarbonise, given there's concern about the lack of full-time jobs and insecure work. Or do you think that lack of full-time jobs and insecure work is maybe, like, contributing to all the other fucking points? I I love this this type of piece where it's somebody, like, laying out all of these disparate um, issues in our society, like low-wage growth, um, like the, the failure to decarbonize as an economy, the difficulty yeah. with buying a house, um, people being unable to save the now gargantuan deposits required to buy extremely expensive housing, all of these different things. Um, and somehow just never actually drawing a line between any of them and the clear relations that they all have to each other. It's mm. very cool. It's oh, good to you me. want you want to have no climate change, but you also want a full time job. How about you have neither? <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you get. Oh. Join the oh dots. Join all right. the dots. <sighs> While it is true, right. Australia wrap this has... bad boy up, man. <laughs> we can wrap there. it up. While it is true Australia has had a lost decade on energy and climate policy, innovation and technology will not stand still. Methane from burps and farts is a greenhouse gas 28 (laughs) times more powerful than carbon dioxide, CSIRO says. Now, Okay, here's the other sentence. Yep. Sorry, Ben. No, I think we're making the same point. Absolutely. 28 times? That sounds Hmm. like a lot. That sounds like um, it would be 28 times more uh, than CO2, right? That you would go... Oh, yeah, that's a much bigger problem. We should uh, <laughs> get rid of all these cows. So, hang on. I'm just going to do a quick... Hang on, I'm just going to get... Let's do this. Uh, what what now, type of calculator mm, are you doing this on? Uh, now, uh, my Windows Start menu is totally broken, so I'm not going to get calculator open. Um, but th- I think that's about uh, 90... I'm going to say 99.87% of the... Uh, if you did that 28 times and then CO2 is this one little time there... Yeah, um, that's that math sounds incorrect, but uh, uh-huh. definitely higher than ninety five percent. Now let's read that second sentence. About ten percent of Australia's greenhouse gas emissions come from livestock burping and farting. Then what does? Mm. But that twenty eight. She told us that that really scary twenty eight number where I had to rethink times, everything that I knew about okay, 10%. Uh, ten, and that's that's almost the inverse, huh? Mm. So, but then that leaves. What I'm confused. Oh, sorry, that that leaves ninety percent there. That's just not just up for grabs. Just up for grabs. <laughs> it could be anything. It it could be anything at all. And like this is so she's writing this article in the context of like the Extinction Rebellion protests and stuff. And part mm-hmm. of that is about cutting down on red meat consumption. Yeah, it's it's in uh, there because of its impact. So like, if she's scaremongering about the chug of it that is coming from agricultural stuff to distract from the fact that it's industrial which I mean is wrong but also that's kind of the point people are agitating about so really I don't 
Oh, but it's okay, because now the it's... University of Sunshine Coast researchers believe a pink seaweed added to cow feed could completely em- eliminate their methane production. Solved. So it was solved. So we don't have to think about anything. So the 10% oh. solved, the whatever else, that's basically it. Uh, yeah, so that's okay. And then uh, in the coming decades or so, Australia will see the biggest intergenerational wealth, uh, intergenerational shift in wealth as baby boomers leave their earnings to their children and great-grandchildren. I wonder if millennials will be complaining then. Ah, I wonder if they'll be happy when their grandparents die. Hmm. And also, inheritance... I love to leave leave my entire economy down to the who's who of who gets inheritance. I wonder if it has occurred to her that perhaps um, inheritance is possibly the largest mechanism through which intergenerational wealth and poverty is perpetuated. Hmm. No, I'm going to say no. no. <laughs> because the thing is, like, everybody gets an inheritance, right? And uh, you guys are getting, I'm on a pretty sweet uh, three mil uh, nest egg. You guys got that three mil nest egg there? The what? The, Everybody says, huh? Yeah, um, but but I've got a nest egg. Yeah, from, I've got this, um, this lush portfolio mm-hmm. on all these um, properties. My, my grandmother is the Duchess of Snorkelton. Uh, and she's given me all these laurels. And my and my father's some sort of uh, railroad baron. Yeah, my father owns fifteen uh, percent of Lockheed. Uh, so you know, obviously well, we're all leaves, getting that. Yeah, I mean, look, someone must own the other eighty-five percent. Certainly. Huh. Anyone else getting those good Raytheon dollars? I love getting my Raytheon bucks. But maybe you know, this is like an opinion piece, right? from our friend Renee Valaris. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe this is... It's unfair to judge her for this style of writing, right? It's not necessarily... You know, there are facts in there, but it's a take. Uh, it's not reporting. So it'd be rude to judge her journalism on this. So what I'm going to give you is um, the headline and two paragraphs from one of her bits of reportage. And then, obviously, we can see that she's a much better journalist than uh, how she comes across here. Mm-hmm. Jail a hard sell for wimpy extinction rebellion protester. That's a headline. Uh, no, she said imp- hard nice sell with a C hard there. sell. Yep, yeah, it's a little joke there. Uh, although she probably didn't write the headline, so we can't give her credit for that one. Hmm. Uh, a cocky climate change protester arrested by police for blocking Brisbane streets whined cocky. about missing his mum in the watch house and complained that cell conditions left him feeling dejected. Vegetarian protester Morgan Quinn, vegetarian protester, fucking, arrested on Rebellion Day, August 6th, with about 70 other activists, belly ached about the movie played mm. in his cells, losing his ability to keep up with the charade of masculinity and the apple with a bowl of cabbage he got for lunch while carnivores received a red rooster chicken wrap. Well, the idea of the cops going out to buy Red Rooster. No, apparently cops are the um, Red Rooster, are the official supplier of the lunches and meals for um, the Brisbane Watch House. That's, Red Rooster is cancelled. Yep. Uh, if you're going to get a chicken feed, do what everybody else does. Uh, get a Woolies barbecue chook and uh, a coleslaw from the refrigerated section. And remember to steal it. Just walk I'll steal on it. out with that uh, bad boy. Yeah, please don't give them money. Um, put your, your chicken down at the self-serve checkout. And then put it down as put it through as brown onions, and then get the hell out of there. My goodness! Well, fantastic stuff there, fantastic stuff all around, and I'm glad that we have this lady here to solve all of our problems. We actually have another lady here to help solve some other problems. 
We are, of course, talking about Dr. Lucy. I think it's the every re- time I hear that theme, <laughs> I just I imagine uh, the ending of Mad Men with Doll Draper sitting lotus position, <laughs> completely calm, <laughs> and, then at the, <laughs> and then at the last moment, just a, a little smile of uh, knowledge. Wonderful, like I know the the universe. So, of course, Paging Dr. Lucy is our segment in which uh, Lucy offers relationship advice to the worst people on Reddit. So, uh, what do you got for us this week, Lucy? Oh, do I have to read this one? <laughs> yeah, you do. I put it in there I just don't for you. like it. Uh, and I get to choose who walks through the hospital doors. Stay here, the credit Am I the asshole for wiping my feet? On my girlfriend's facial towel. <laughs> can tell you right now that you are. I hate walking on carpeted floors with wet feet after a shower, so I dry myself with a towel. Reasonable. Which I assume is common. It sure is. My girlfriend has this small cloth that I've seen her use while washing her face. Since we started living together about five months, I've been using her cloth to wipe my feet because the texture feels so good. Tell you right now, that's an expensive makeup towel. It's not just a hand towel. It's something special. You're being a real piece of shit. <laughs> oh, you're like wi- you're like wiping wiping your feet on her like seventy dollar Sephora mm-hmm. makeup remover thing. <laughs> she recently caught me doing this and blew up, saying that I'm dirty and freaking out about her skin cleanliness or something. Oh, She's something. Or something. <laughs> She's upset at the idea of unknowingly washing her face with something that has touched my feet, but I feel my body is exceptionally clean since I've just gotten out of the shower. Hmm. She's disgusted with Hmm. me, claims you shouldn't wipe your feet, face, ass with the same towel, but I believe it's not a big deal. Come on, it's the same clean body after a shower. Mm. No, nobody gets grody feet after being standing in a shower. In a wet shower for a while. In a wet, hot shower. Mm Mm-hmm. Note that she's not scared of dirt. Frequently gets messy while skateboarding outside. All right. I love the... Uh-huh. I love the well, if, <laughs> oh, if you have had dirt on you at any point, then you should not have any objections to me wiping the soles of my feet upon your face. Mm. Wonderful. Uh, what a hypocrite. Mm. She's, oh, she's oh, been dirty having, at some point yeah. in her life. <laughs> you hate having your bones broken, but yet you'll skateboard outside. Oh, very curious. Oh <laughs> so I don't know why she's suddenly so sensitive about this. Maybe she's upset because I took her facial towel, but I strongly believe we should share items since we live together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. D- the most obvious question to ask off the back of this is, why can't he dry his feet on the, the towel that he was the using towel. at the start? Just the regular face towel? the bath mat. Yeah, yeah the any bath of these mat that you would stand, that you stand on. Yeah, but it's the lovely soft texture of the expensive one that's, that's why, the why nice Why doesn't feeling. he buy his own fucking towel? Uh, because they live together now and they're meant to share stuff. They share everything. Mm-hmm. You just got to mm-hmm. share everything. I don't even want to share the same towel. You don't share the same body towel with your partner. Mm. Right? No, being, being de facto is having conjunctivitis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, is she too sensitive or am I really being an asshole? Edit. 
okay, fine. Maybe I'm an asshole. I'll look into getting my own towel. There <laughs> I'll look we into go. it. <laughs> I'll look be a into it. I'll see if the this. technology is there. There's going to be a uh, there's going to be a follow up to this where he has bought an identical one of these expensive towels and then they're they're getting them mixed up. Um, oh no, I've been using my <laughs> my foot towel. My oh gross! My girlfriend's been using my dirty foot towel on her face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I oh. There's just so many unanswered questions there. And the big one is why? Why are you doing this? To your feet, and also to your girlfriend. Don't yes, tell me does. you've got another foot-related one of these. Oh, I guess I do. I didn't put this in here. I didn't put this in the document. How they get in there? It's a mystery. <laughs> Am I the asshole for sniffing a girl's feet because she wouldn't put them down in the cinema? <laughs> Title pretty much says it all. I was I watching like The Lion King with my mates on Thursday when Freak. a group of girls, probably from some sorority, oh, yuck. Ugh, came in, sat right behind us in an otherwise empty theatre. They were chatting loudly, and the one behind me tried to put her legs up on my seat and push forward. I'm a pretty large dudette. I don't know what that means. It's, it means this is written by a woman, Lucy. Oh, right, but she's like she not hates a sorority, sorority girl. girls. She's not yeah. like the other girls, right? So I pushed back easily and successfully. <laughs> then she slid forward in her chair and put her sandaled feet up on either side of my head. I turned around <laughs> and flipped her off. No, you didn't. But she just ignored me. Then a revelation came upon me and I started to loudly sniff at her feet <laughs> and lick my lips. Mm-hmm. She was asleep. Okay, so it was a good 30 seconds before she yelped and put her feet down in disgust. I sat undisturbed for the rest of the movie, proud that I had successfully asserted my dominance. My mates had a good laugh about it afterwards. And then everyone clapped. Everyone (laughs) clapped. And that dudette's name was Albert Einstein. (laughs) This is just a clear, like, this is what I would have done if I was a stronger, tougher person. The the conversation we all have with ourselves in the shower when we think about an awkward thing that happened to us. What happened was this person jammed a foot into the back of their neck and they sat there and put up with it because they were too embarrassed uh, until they left the cinema at the end of the movie cowed and ashamed. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, but also, even if that was what you actually did, you're still a, a piece of shit. Like, I wouldn't be happy about somebody putting their sandaled feet on either side of my head in the movies, but I would turn around to them and say, can you please not put your sandaled feet on either side of my head? This thing I'm paying money to be at. Uh, I think being like, hey, I'm going to gross this person out by being a fucking freak in public does not really shore up your credibility. On that front. Yeah, I think I probably in that situation would just move. I feel like I'd just be like, okay, well, you guys are shitheads. I'm going to go sit somewhere else. Hmm. And if they followed me, I'd keep moving. (laughs) And if they followed me again. (laughs) Pretty weird at that point. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be strange, but. Huh. Well, uh, I think the verdict there is that both of you people suck. Stop putting your dirty feet uh, on everybody else. Oh, uh, I guess from from that one, that one probably got the everyone here is an asshole uh, rating. We can only assume. So, um, so yeah, that's that's the way it is for people doing weird, dirty foot shit uh, to strangers. And that is where we're going to leave it for this week. 
if you would like an extra bonus episode of the show every week, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Vista. That also gets you access to our, our Discord, our community of listeners uh, who like to chat to each other instead of doing any work at the office. And that's the way it should be. Not me, though. Mm. I'm working hard. Mm. Uh-huh. Don't check the logs. Don't logs. check the logs. You, you too can uh, can join our Patreon, get access to the Discord, and see that Theo is a liar. Uh, for this week's crime pass, mm-hmm. uh, take three thousand dollars from your employer. Yeah, because they they basically owe it to you anyway. And if if anybody asks what happened, you can say, "Oh, well, the treasurer asked you to pass this on to me." So I was just being proactive, which you're always telling me to do, boss. And they, they can't really argue with that, you know? That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you can, you can show them the crime pass. So, Ooh, yeah. you're off the hook. Beautiful. All right, that's it, folks. Thanks very much. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.